0: You're listening to Kitchen Table Finance. Join Dave Shotwell and Nick Nauta as they cut through the complexity of financial planning and serve bites of investment advice that are both personal and practical. Hey, Ashley, how are you doing today?
1: Hi, I'm doing good. How are you?
0: I'm good. It is time to record a podcast and Nick's on vacation. Yes,
1: he is. Because it's
0: the middle of the summer and that's what people do. So... I dragged you into the show for today.
1: Yes, I'm happy to be here.
0: Yeah, so we can talk about everybody's favorite topic, student loan repayment plans, which have been in the news because they've just uh, rolled out the details on a new plan.
1: Yes, they did. That plan is called the save plan. That's short for saving on a valuable education. It's going to be replacing the repay plan that currently exists. And if you are in the repay plan, you will be automatically transitioned to the new save plan once that gets set in stone, I believe this summer.
0: Yes, yeah they're going to phase this in over this summer and next summer. You know this kind of arose out of uh, some campaign promises from the Biden administration about uh, working on student loan forgiveness and lowering student loan debt And a couple of weeks ago the Supreme Court actually struck down part of the forgiveness program where they were looking to just forgive a lump sum of debt right off the top, but left the um, new provisions for repayment under this new plan in tax so they're going ahead with that and uh, all politics aside there's some financial planning implications so we thought we should talk about it yes I guess you know from a high level first of all one thing that sets this plan apart is everybody is eligible if you've got federal student loans regardless of uh, mm-hmm. when you took them out and that in in the alphabet soup of old, Income-based repayment plans, which there have been several, so many that I can't keep them all straight. Most of them had limits on who was eligible for particular plans based on what type of loans they had and when they took them out. So this one's a little, a little bit broader, and in general, it should lead to lower monthly payments for a lot of people, right?
1: Yes. So the old payment in the repay plan was ten percent. Of your discretionary income. And with the new SAVE plan, it's going to go down to 5% of the discretionary income. So the monthly payment will go down for basically everybody.
0: I believe they're, they're keeping it at 10% for graduate loans. Yes. So it's undergraduate loans that are going down to 5% from 10%. But another aspect of it that will affect graduate loans and undergraduate loans is how they're counting discretionary income now. Well, they enlarged what counts of your income as non-discretionary and shrunk the discretionary part that they say you have available, right?
1: Yep. So they increased the percentage that they based that calculation on. So as well as for the undergrad, decreasing the percentage of that discretionary income it's also taking kind of more percentage into the account of the federal poverty level that they use to calculate the discretionary income
0: now there's one one little caveat to all of this while most people will see lower payments under the new plan the payments under this plan aren't capped the way they were in the old plan the old plans basically said if your income rises to the point where your payment under their payment calculations would be higher than what your standard loan repayment, if you were just on the 25-year repayment plan. If it got to be higher than that, then it capped out at whatever that standard plan would be. With this new plan, you could potentially actually have a higher payment. So it, it really would only matter if you were in a pretty high income situation though.
1: Another new thing with the SAFE plan is if you are married and filing separately, um, you are now able to exclude your spouse's income from that calculation for the monthly payment. This was not possible in the previous plans. But something to note about that is if you are married filing separately, that does often result in higher overall taxes. So we would have to go into the details and make sure that the savings of your student loan payments would outweigh the increase of taxes that you have to pay.
0: That's not as cut and dry as people might think. Married filing singly taxes can get complicated and expensive pretty quick. By way of background, for a while, you could get away, get around some, on some of the old plans. You could get around counting spousal income by married filing singly, but then that was kind of eliminated with some new provisions over the last few years. And now they're going back to to allowing that to counted or to work. Leads to some interesting planning possibilities there as a financial planner to look at the tax situation for a married couple and figure out if, uh, if there's some uh, savings there to justify higher taxes. What about negative amortization? That's kind of an unfamiliar concept to a lot of people, but could be important with student loans under the old plans.
1: In the past with old payments, if the monthly payment that you were making was not enough to cover the interest on the loan, the balance would continue to increase as the interest was accruing. But now with this negative amortization that they're adding to the save plan, that interest will be subsidized. With the higher interest rates now, this could end up being large savings over time.
0: Right. That was a that was an issue for people with large loan balances and low income. So their loan, their loan payment calculation based on their income wasn't enough to cover the monthly interest. And they'd be working hard at a low income job to make these payments and were actually falling further behind on their loans, even though they were making the amount that they were supposed to make. So that's been that's been eliminated. That's more important now too, right? Because interest rates are higher. So over time, that could actually lead to a bigger savings for a lot of
1: folks. Yes, I definitely agree.
0: Instead of having that, that balance continue to grow. So they're, they're thinking ahead there a little bit. What about uh, expanded loan forgiveness? thought this was an interesting aspect of the new plan.
1: So they increase the amount of loan forgiveness from the previous repayment plan options. For the SAVE plan, if the total combined loans for undergraduate and graduate federal loans, if they are $12,000 or less, any remaining balance on your loan will be forgiven after 10 years of payments. And then balances between 12000 and 21000 for undergrad and on the higher end, 25000 for graduate loans, those will be forgiven somewhere between 10 and 25 years, depending on the balance and the calculations they do behind the scenes. And also, if you have above those amounts for your federal student loans, they will be forgiven Leave after twenty years for undergraduate loans and then twenty-five years for graduate loans.
0: Well, the the promise of forgiving loan balances right up front has kind of mm-hmm. been been pushed aside. They're building it back in on the back end really. And I think that for a lot of for a lot of large loan balances, it may actually have a bigger impact this way. There's some interesting things too that they've changed with forgiveness around what counts as a month. It used to be if you made a payment for a month based on the formula for your income, that counted as a month towards the, uh, the time you had to have. Now they're expanding that to include months when your loans are in deferment for some health issues and unemployment and military duty. So that makes it a little bit more flexible. And, and then consolidation too, right? That used to reset the clock on the, uh, the forgiveness timetable. So some people were stuck paying higher interest rates or having you know, multiple loans out there that they couldn't consolidate because it would start the clock back on their loan forgiveness schedule. But now that doesn't matter.
1: Right. Which is definitely, definitely very useful and definitely um, something good that they added that helps the people.
0: Is your take on it that for most student loan borrowers, the safe plan is going to be a good idea?
1: Yeah, definitely. I believe so. As long as the monthly payment, of course, works out to less than what the standard payment on your loans would be, it would definitely be good to try to get into this plan, apply to it, and start going into this plan. However, you do, like we said earlier, got to take some things into account um, depending on your income. If You're going to have high income. The older repayment plans may look better because they do have those caps on how much the monthly payment can be versus the new save plan that does not. And the save plan does also require the consolidation. Meanwhile, the older plans, they don't. There could be different reasons that you would want to consolidate, such as having unpaid interest added to your loan principal among some other things.
0: Right. When you consolidate, they're going to take whatever outstanding interest balance you have and add that to your loan principal. So depending on what the interest rate is and how much accrued interest you have, that could that could actually set you back more than what the savings would produce.
1: Additionally, if you are currently in default on any of your federal student loans, the older payment plan will actually be the only option available for you. If you are in default, you will not able to do the save repayment plan, unfortunately. So you've got to take all those things into account.
0: I believe I read that if you, you can, once you get yourself on track, so you're out of default, you can switch.
1: I believe, I believe so.
0: Like any of these things, you know, we've been given this, this pile of regulations and some articles talking about it, but none of this has been put into action yet. So it's going to take some time for, uh, for everybody to sort out how all these things are really going to work in the real world. Another kind of final aspect of this plan is they're kind of implementing it in phases, right? There's going to be some things that are taking effect right now versus some things that won't take effect until next July.
1: Correct. Like I mentioned at the very beginning of this podcast, the save plan will be rolling out sometime this summer and the repay plan, everybody in that will be automatically moved over to the new save plan. The discretionary income threshold also does go up this summer. The subsidized interest starts this summer. And the exclusion of the married filing single status for your spousal's income for the save plan that also starts this summer. And then there's some things that don't start until July 1st of 2024. That is going to be when the reduced payments to 5% of undergraduate loans begins in July 1st of 2024. The changes to the forgiveness timeline and how the payments are counted also won't start until July 1st of 2024. And on July 1st of 2024, the regular pay plan, it goes away for new borrowers. So that one will not be an option. That is different from the repay plan, but that one option for new loan borrowers, it will not be an option anymore as of July 1st of next year.
0: So we'll see all this kind of take effect over the next uh, 12 months. And as uh, student loan repayments are scheduled to start here pretty soon after being suspended for what? We're going on three years now, right? I
1: think, yeah, I think so. (laughs) So, Really long time.
0: So if you're, you know, if you're looking at all of this stuff and you have student loans, uh, you know, to me, out of there's a few topics in financial planning that, it's like I don't know. I guess we can we can thank the government for creating uh, job security for us, right?
1: <laughs> definitely,
0: <laughs> definitely, definitely a compute confusing topic with lots of little aspects to look at: income and taxes, and your overall financial picture. So, if you're dealing with student loans and you need some help, give us a call, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, we would be definitely happy to help you with anything you need.
0: All right. Well, Ashley, thank you for your help on this.
1: Yeah, thank you, Dave. It was a pleasure to be here.
0: Gather around and follow the Kitchen Table Finance podcast to learn about money and simple ways you can invest right now. You can find more practical advice at srbadvisors.com and contact the team for personal planning by emailing info at srbadvisors.com.